All right, recording on my end now. Yeah, Looks mine's going good. too. All right. Hmm. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fountain Pen and Stationery, Season 3, Episode 2. I'm one of your hosts, Collins. And I'm the other host, Frank. <laughs> How you doing, Frank? Uh, not too bad. How are you? Uh, pretty sleepy. <laughs> pretty sleepy, huh? I don't know why. Like, I think I'm. the holidays have caught up with me, and I woke up from a little nap maybe not 40 minutes ago. <laughs> right after lunch? Or dinner? Dinner, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> maybe just food coma. Hey, actually, yeah, maybe food you should remember, too. I get hit by food coma pretty hard. You used to. I thought you... No, okay. <laughs> All right, I guess we still have that thing going on. Yes. Yeah. So we kind of have All an right. interesting uh, uh, topic for today, right? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean um, it's just back to another uh, slightly more theme-focused episode. So hopefully mm -hmm. uh, people that like those can enjoy it. So we have a couple set of tips and tricks that we both use um, when we're using our fountain pens. Yep. And uh, um, I think the very first one is regarding to the ink usage. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, actually, I should let me let me bring this one up to the top first. I think it's probably better to to cover this one first. Um, I've this is probably not a tip for long term users, but for anyone that's starting relatively soon, relatively new, or for not too long period of time. The um, the area is kind of like a triangle relationship between your ink, your paper, and your nib. And uh, basically, you want to try different combos with your pen and ink and the paper together to make sure to maybe try to find the best balance. If not, try to find how to tune things to the balance that you'll like because... Like sometimes you'll get an ink that is your liking, your favorite color, but not necessarily your, not necessarily works with your paper or your pen. So there's some, some, some little tuning to learn how to do it or how to, how to get over the property of those stuff is fairly useful. So, right? so, well, so basically what you're saying is that like, um, you have you have your pen and your nib and your feed, and that has a certain flow rate. And then you have your ink, which has a certain property that allows it to flow through it. And you have the paper, which has different absorption properties. And so depending on the th on this triangle of combinations that you use, you could end up with you know a pen that's either too wet or too dry or various com or various uh, in betweens, right? Yeah. So um, if you have a pen that is that writes too wet. Plus ink that is too wet, then you better have a paper that is fairly non-absorbent. You have a really absorbent paper, then chances are you are gonna have a lot of ghost and uh, write through and even feathering to some degree. Mm -hmm. And if you have a really dry pen and a really dry ink together, you you you're probably gonna see a lot of skippings on your paper as well. If not, your paper line variation will always be nothing, and you don't you you're not gonna be able to see the actual color, what the more vibrant color of your ink. I would say everything just right. looks really really faint. Like, yeah, 
I think my pilot pre Priya has an issue before. Like mm-hmm. the nib came from pilot while it works is extremely tight, so every single color is much lighter. <laughs> Just due to yeah. that, that output a little bit of ink only. Yeah, because you want that nice saturation. Which if it's too fine or like it doesn't put out enough ink, like. It's just not going to be well saturated for you or contrasting enough for you to be able to see what you want to see. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think the nib material itself um, kind of varies too. Uh, typically, the steel nibs has the least amount of flows. Um, gold is more. And surprisingly, from my experience, titanium nib gave even more flow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I haven't so, used my titanium nib in a while. I'm not sure. Titanium nibs are weird because it is really... It's not even springy. It's just soft. Like it's it's just yeah. really squishy. And uh, when you write using titanium nib, you you ha- you will have generally weather ink flows. So you know, like the uh, the pilot Momi- uh, the pilot momiji that you gave me. Yeah, yeah. That ink is typically like bright pink ish mm-hmm. color under most pens, right? If you use titanium nib, it writes like a red. Okay, so I'm not. Because I used, I remember using the Momiji a lot on my Titanium Flex soft nib, and it always appeared red to me. <laughs> yeah, but if you use like a lighter, like a lesser flow pen, that thing is, is a pink to a lot of people. That would explain it. Yeah, yeah. I always uh, used it as a red. I, like, I remember writing Valentine, a Valentine's Day card, and I used it more as a red. Back when you're still dating, huh? Yes. But yeah, um, it is, I, I see some people actually complain about Momiji's being red color, but it's not. Uh, if you have really high ink flow, it's actually reddish gold once they actually crystallize and uh, sheens a little bit. But this, so, is, the, this is that um, that triangle in action, right? So because the, the nib, a titanium nib is so much more wet, um, more of the ink is going to come out, and so it's going to appear more saturated, or I guess more more of the red color shows through on the yeah, ink. Yeah, and of course, like if you use a too absorbent paper, it won't even be red; it would just be pink. But you just have a blobby, feathery mess on your <laughs> paper because it's just too much ink. Like the the paper will just absorb everything. You know, now that we're talking about this, I actually haven't used an inappropriate paper for fountain pen ink in a long time. Really. It's been a while. I'm gonna. I have a piece of paper right now. I'm gonna try using some very inappropriate paper right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, your call. I mean, I guess the worst thing you can use is toilet paper. Oh yeah, of course. So, I mean, that's that's just gonna be a blob of <laughs> dark, blob darkened mess. color. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um. Uh, I think we just covered too much flow, too little flow. Um, if you have ink that you like and the pen that you like, you if you want to reduce flow a little bit, uh, some people will recommend you to add a little bit of uh distilled water to your ink, maybe like ten percent distilled water. It will actually dilute down the ink a little bit. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. it will become less vibrant, but I mean ten percent is not that much anyway. Uh, it will also dry up. It's just kind of a weird term to use dry, but because you're adding water to yeah. dry it up. But I guess yeah, you're yeah. increasing the surface tension. You're, you're lessening, yeah, increase surface tension. You're make you're making your ink less lubricant. 
and it make it flow a little bit worse than the than it's originally, and that will actually dry up your ink a little bit, and you wouldn't have as much flow issues on your pen and paper combos than the with that specific ink. But of course, some ink are just formulated so strongly that there is really difficult to make it dry. dry. I wonder if that if, if you so you tell me right so I I've stopped using my pilot Orochizuku Yamabudo for a while now because mm-hmm. of how wet and um how feathery it can get yeah Yamabudo adding, is really wet ink so I wonder is, so if adding distilled water like just a little bit would that help it should help actually all right that's I'm gonna do that <laughs> but it was shing a little bit less as well of course just sure yeah, yeah, yeah. The the color will be a little bit less, but if you yeah. add the still water, you'll make it less. I mean, but the issue is there's still the still water here. What do you mean there's no distilled water here? Well, well, this here in the western coast of USA, somehow the still water is out of stock in what? Yes, <laughs> I had to buy it for a uh, for a moisturizer or air moisturizer. Okay. Can you can you well, not I use don't... a reverse osmosis water? I guess you can, yeah, if you have that for your house. I don't. I'm just saying we, you could technically use that. Yeah, if you if you, if you have a good remote osmosis machine in your house or set up for your house, you can use that. But yeah, there's still the steel water when I went to uh, Ralph's. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Like the entire aisle, there is not. I only had one, like. 24 pack distilled water with quote unquote electro added. <laughs> That's it. No other distilled water, which <laughs> makes some projects a little more difficult now. Right. Yeah, because some like I mean, like like mountain pan sometimes needs distilled water. Like I said, the uh, the moisture, the the air. Uh, humidifier requires distilled water. Like whenever you need like the water to be like super pure or like any kind of arts and crafts or anything like that. Like yeah, or even like steaming machines is recommended to use mm-hmm. uh, distilled water. It just is not available. So yeah, um, well, <laughs> wonderful pandemic times. So okay, so if your ink is too wet, you can add a little bit of distilled water. Um, the trick for how to deal with your ink being too dry, though, is to add a little lubricant to it. Yeah, and the lubricant, by the way, is um, I believe oh, the, not too many store sells it nowadays. The Organic Studio used to sell lubricant called the Ink Flow, um, the EO Flow Plus. Mm-hmm. They no longer, I don't know, Cuddlefish Flow Plus. I think they stopped selling it. Mm-hmm. And now it is called um, the closest you can find, because for that one, is, it says it has a little bit of cuttlefish in there to increase lubricant, along with uh, herbicide to uh, kill uh, possible germs and the bacteria growth or mm-hmm. fungal growth. Uh. However, Organic Studio stopped selling that, and now they the the easiest I can find. Oh, by the way, 
um, you will see people doing this uh, suggestions. Uh, some people suggest use dish soap. Yes, I've seen that. You increase uh, to to add everything onto your ink. Did I ever do that? Yeah, I don't think that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I see this suggestion on Reddit a lot, but please, please don't do this. Um, okay, you can do it if your pen is not a piston pen. If you only use cartridge, uh, cartridge. Com if you only use cartridges, not mm -hmm. cartridge converter, basically anything with the pistons, I would not recommend it because the uh, detergents actually eats away the uh, silicone seal between mm. your pan and uh, the between your cylinder and the pistons. And especially dish soap is so um, it's such a strong base. Like it's it's pretty. Uh, um, I, I don't know what the word is, but it, it's pretty strong. Yeah. So um, if you can. Don't do that. Uh, my recommendation will be getting the Kodak uh, PhotoFlow 200. I, what is the lubricant that you gave me? Like maybe that was the Colorfish okay. from uh, Working Studio. Okay, yeah, I still, I still have, have it. like eighty percent of that bottle. Right, I, that thing is gonna last me a last lifetime. Okay. <laughs> There's only one ink that I use it on, and it's the Kionoto Black. That's the it only works, ink, right? Yeah, it does. Okay, so okay, so the Kodak, uh, the Kodak Photo Flow or the Cuttlefish, um, for anyone's wondering or anyone's thinking about using it, I would strongly recommend you to put your original ink into a sample vial. And then add it. <laughs> you do not drop the ink flow enhancer into your entire bottle of ink because if you do it too too much, yes, you're gonna ruin that entire bottle. Well, no, you're not gonna ruin the entire bottle. That what you would need to do then is to buy more of that ink to re <laughs> to, to rebalance the yes. I have a uh, so like so. What you okay? So let me let me back really quick um what what you do is for a five millimeter vial with like maybe three millimeter or four millimeter ink inside get a toothpick like literally wet like the very first two millimeter of a toothpick with the uh with the flow enhancer mm -hmm. and just dip it into the ink <laughs> and that's, that's all should you be need. enough that's all you need okay don't do too much if you do too much I think I have a uh, Robert Oscar uh, cherry flower drop ink. Mm -hmm. I added too many. I think just a flowy mess. But uh, the, the Robert Oscar cherry blossom is already pretty light in color already. It's very light in color. <laughs> that's it why is... I want to add, add. That's why I'm like, hence the flow a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if you enhance it too much, it's just not going to write, right? It writes, it writes well. Everything glides on the paper. <laughs> but the ink also seeps through the paper, too. <laughs> to give you how bad it is, okay? The ink kind of seeps through the uh, Tomoe paper, which is not supposed Ooh, to happen. Wow, jeez. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's when you add too much. So, again, Kodak Photo Flow 200. You can buy this, I think, Amazon's uh, B&H. Uh, most of your online shopping store that's ready to photos, photography will probably carry it. The 
if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Collins, this was used to help developing uh, photos to have like a really smooth dipping, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm actually not too. I have a little bit of background in photography, but not in like film development. That's 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 uh, that I'm not sure about. Okay. Yeah, because if I recall correctly, it is really to uh, reduce the uh, drying streak. That is to make sure everything sheets correctly. Which it sounds right. Is, is exactly what you want to do with your ink, so it reduces surface tensions. All right. That being said, on on using lubricant to help with your ink flow, mm -hmm. I I will say this shouldn't be your f first thing you go to right um the first thing you ideal ideally want to do is maybe try a different pen <laughs> to be <laughs> honest or, or adjust your pen flow to be adequate i mean you don't have to get a, like a, every single different pen but just make sure at least you have a few pen that has a good ink flows right check um, your feed check your nib don't just start adding lubricant to all of your inks yeah 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 um, I wouldn't say it's the last resort because sometimes right. you just want to add a little extra flow for your ink. Right. Uh, I mean, based on experience for what we know, a lot of the uh, the Kyoto branded inks that we tried are all really dry. Really super dry. So adding a few flow enhancer would definitely help with their brand. And um, yeah, so... I guess uh, bo -bo 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 -bo. the next one would be you can add, I guess, tip number two, if you want to categorize it. <laughs> um, you can add ball bearing inside your uh, cartridge converter to help break out the surface tension of the ink so it actually flows down as you write. Because sometimes when you have an ink that is too dry, they tend to stick to... Um, one location it can kind of stick at the top like if you just start picking up a pen um like either due to the surface tension or just there's like a weird vacuum bubble that happens in your cartridge it can kind of get stuck at the top right and the ink won't just it's weird because sometimes when the the surface tension is too strong the ink just won't want to flow down mm -hmm. and you're just gonna have a pen that doesn't write after a while I for one, however, so I this is this is a tip slash trick that I have never done, because um, I've always found that like if I get ink stuck, I'll just use the I'll just twist the 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 converter piston and just close in that air gap, and it's usually fine for me. Yeah. Um, and that's that also is a trip a tip slash trick for me if there's if the pen's just not kind of starting, and I'll just kind of twist the the piston a little bit to get it working again. Yeah, um, I would say that is if you're actively, if you're actively looking at how your how your uh, how your stuff is working. Mm -hmm. um, but adding the uh, the ball bearing is to make sure is like it's like a passive. Thing because the ball bearing itself will also always like rattle it's around. A, like, it's like mixing up your 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 uh, uh, ink in the cartridge. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it will make sure that your um your ink is always almost all the time it, it won't stuck to one positions, which is very helpful. And I think Pilot uh, Kong Fifty has a design b- mm-hmm. built in. Yeah, some of the Pilot ones come uh, standard with a little ball bearing. Yeah, but I think I think that's it, right? Is, does yeah, anyone else has that? I don't know. Let me check my box of uh, cartridge converters. All right. <laughs> my box of cartridge converters. I mean, the standard ones typically don't. What is this one? This is a pilot one. This one has four little ball bearings in it. Doesn't have it, right? Oh, well, some of them, let's see. I think this is a, uh, this is a universal one. And what they did was they added a little spring inside. Ah, right. Well, I mean, they they serve similar functions. Same thing. It's just one's a ball bearing, one's a spring, but it's basically serving the same purpose of trying to break up the, uh, the ink in your cartridge. Yeah. 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 So, um, some, some people use, uh, I mean, some company uses springs and, uh, I, for me personally, when I purchased it, I always had a fear of um, the ball bearing rusting. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is maybe unfound fear, but the fear does struck Exist. me. Like I, I like I like I always wonder what if I get a more acidic ink, like the modern uh iron gold ink, what would react to it? Maybe, maybe the uh <laughs> the stainless steel actually uh start having rust on them. Um so I end up actually using a uh gold. ball bearing. <laughs> I'm gonna use okay, maybe okay. use a gold ball bearing. I can totally see you getting one. Yeah, I I guess on the highest side now you mentioned I'm I, I am that crazy actually doing that. Um no, I got the uh <laughs> I got ceramic ball bearings. Okay. which is like re- really available from Amazon, from eBay, it's not actually Amazon, which is like ceramic uh, synchrone uh, ZR02 ball bearings that's typically used for bicycles. One millimeter should be fine. I will get a few of those just in case because I lost all of mine. So how do you keep the uh so you 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 drop one of these in like a an old cartridge, right? Yeah, you drop it in your old cartridge where your um depends on the uh brand, right? Of like for example, Platinum's cartridge has a giant stainless steel ball bearing inside. Right. In that case you don't even need to do anything, <laughs> you right? Because you just it. But that thing is loud. That thing mm-hmm. is really loud, okay? That's why I actually am stop using it because I think it's just way too loud. <laughs> um, but I can actually feel the weight of that ball bearing shifting around in the pan in my Nakaya <laughs> because the Nakaya is light. Mm-hmm. And the, the ball bearing actually changes changes how the pan feels sometimes. Which is oh, wow. Jeez. A little bit ridiculous. Um, but like, for example, if you have like a... Pilot, uh, their cartridge, uh, sailor's cartridge, neither of them has ball bearings, and uh, most of international ones. Um, the, the international one actually does. Wait, no, I'm sorry. The, the, the cartridge t- 
typically has ball bearing inside. It's a cartridge converter that doesn't. What am I saying? The cartridge converter typically does not have ball bearings. Yes, and it typically for, does not. Yeah. So for those, you just want to drop one in there so that it will work. How do you keep the ball from, say, going down and like causing potential flow issues or anything like that? Um, it typically doesn't, which is weird because like, you, you would think the one millimeter is small enough so it doesn't actually clog the entire um, the feed where the ink mm -hmm. feeds from my experience. What you need to be aware of is when you're cleaning your pen, the ball <laughs> bearing may just flush down your sink with it. Right. Because it's... <laughs> If it's small enough to go in, it's small enough to go out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when you're when you're cleaning, you need be, you have a mental capacity mindset that there is a ball bearing inside your converter. You should watch out for it. Yeah. But um, I do find that thing is actually pretty helpful most of the time. So there's that. Uh, let me see. What is the next one? Oh, next one is actually related to uh, flow issues. Um, I guess this is tip number three, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, for flow issues, you are going to um, a lot of people is having like the their nib dry up in maybe I would say what a typical fountain pen with a decent wet ink will last maybe thirty seconds in the air uncapped, left it alone. Yeah. Roughly, I would say. I haven't timed it, but I almost always recap my pens when I'm not using it. Yeah. But like for some people, like their their pen happened to have like consistent hard start issues. So um the best way for me to describe it is um sometimes when your feed and your your uh, nib is not really set correctly, you will have a larger space inside that actually prevents your ink to flow properly. Mm -hmm. So you need to shake your fountain pen once every while to make sure that all the ink flows down. And in this case, um, if you're using ebonite feed, which rarely does for modern fountain pens, but it's pretty kind rare. of common for older ones. Like if you get vintage pen, it's most most likely you're actually not even vintage, right? Um, Mont Blanc stopped using uh, uh stopped using uh ebonite feet since what nineteen sixties, is it? Mm. Let me see. You have a, you have a couple uh more niche pen makers nowadays are starting to reuse the ebonite feeds though yeah yeah certainly like a couple of couple of people started uh and also of course just the uh like the flexible nib factory fundament factory they start doing all the ebonite feed too and of yeah. course you have like the very very top end brands like sailors uh namiki they also uses ebonite feed. Um, they're very high class pens, but generally it's plastic nowadays. Yeah. Uh, for ebonite, you can just heat set it using like a dryer, which 
can get really hot, but so be careful with that a as well. Dry, like a hair dryer? A dry, hair dryer can actually work. Dry heat. Okay. Okay. Um, for plastic feed, plastic feed is a little bit tricky because um, if you heat it too much, you're going to destroy the entire plastic feed. <laughs> you're going okay? to melt the plastic and then it's not going to yeah. work. I mean, if you heat too little, you're not doing work on it. Right, yeah, because then it's not gonna, It's literally not working. Yeah, so the ideal temperature is basically boiling water. Water, not boiling water, um, just boil water. So water that's like 99 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. So you boil a cup of water, you drop your feed and you nib into there for like 30, 60 seconds, and then you need to pick it up and uh, <laughs> try to fit it together. Now, if I remember correctly, I had I did the same process to heat set my Noodler's Ahab um, Ebonite feed. Noodler, yeah, Ahab is Ebonite. Yeah, I think the the instructions on how to set it are exactly that. You use boiled water, and you dip it in there, and you just press that nib against the feed to try to set it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for Ebonite. Um. Ebonite definitely works as well, but I think typically people recommend dryer heat for ebonite for easier working uh, because ebonite has a, be uh, a better, more toleration of work range. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't really get melted per se. It just gets, it's rubber, so it just gets soft. Right. Um, plastic is just <laughs> special by itself. It's hard to work with um, because with. Uh, with dry heat, you just have to be careful not touching it directly, right? With boiling water, you need to make sure you don't spill water on it. Like, you don't need, you need to make sure you don't spill wet, like, boiling water literally onto yourself when you're working on it. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure you're wearing gloves minimum. I will say, if you can, um, wear a nail sporing glove, maybe um, latex as well uh, is maybe two layers thicker so you don't burn your fingers you don't burn your bridges because I mean yes you are touching a metal yeah, at least the nib is made of metal right you're touching metal right. and hot water boiling water so <laughs> don't yeah. just use your fingers don't don't use your finger directly you're going to burn yourself um, but that is one way to heat set your uh, nib because um that is to solve the issue with your 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 spacing between your nib and the um the feed. Um just FYI for anyone that is wondering, um you can test out whether you have that issue or not by sliding a very slight uh, like a very slim piece of paper between your nib and the feed and feel if you have consistent pressure throughout the front mm. section. If if it changes, I mean, of course, if your pen writes perfectly fine right now, <laughs> there's no need to do this. Don't don't do anything. <laughs> okay, just leave it alone. You're it's fine. You don't have to tinker it too much. Um, if it is not writing well, though, like I said, when the nib is dry, slide a piece of paper underneath it and uh, get a feeling around to see if it gets like suddenly loose or suddenly less resistant in certain areas. That's probably a uh, 
something that tells you that the, the specific area is not fitting too well, which creates a gap and uh, doesn't promote good uh, inflow. Yeah. Okay, so let me see. Um, there. Yes, but this is tip number four now. I already lost track. Man, I'm getting old. Four? I yeah, think this four. Is four. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. this is four. Okay, so I guess tip four is um, nib adjustments. Um, be careful with this one. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, I would be careful with a lot of these, depending on how deep you want to go. Because, like you said, heat heat uh, heat setting your nib, you could potentially break your 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 um your feet. Uh, your your feet, your pan, your yeah. skin, and your fingers, <laughs> everything. <laughs> so, so um, a lot of these. Please be careful. <laughs> yeah, please be careful. This one is um. I think SBR Brown and some other YouTuber actually have a suggestion of putting uh, the holding the front hip of the nib, like hold it firmly and then push it against your finger to open to open up your feet a little bit, open up your nibs a little bit the two times to promote inflow. Um, I find it generally not recommended because. And also, I think a lot of pinsmen also did not recommend it as well. Just due to the fact that if you do that, you are basically kind of like flexing, over-flexing the time a little bit, which will create like a slight V-shape. Um, you're also potentially... your time slit. You're also potentially creating that air gap, which is the thing that we're trying to solve previously. Correct. If you didn't do it correctly, you will create an air gap. So... Um, the correct way of doing it is you take off your entire feed and you kind of gently pull it apart using your two fingers and uh, using the two sides. I like like the the nib is stamped right with with the left and right kind of area that kind of hook onto the feed. Basically, mm-hmm. you kind of hold onto the two sides and just pry apart slightly. This is okay. I have done before it works. But you have to be very precise. <laughs> you have to be very careful. And if you are older with shakier fingers. Or just you have less dexterous fingers to begin yes, with. Less dexterous fingers, like I wouldn't recommend it. Because easier is it's fairly easy for you to overdo and uh, and basically didn't pull apart at the right because like like you are pulling something like literally 180 degrees separate from each other, right? Um but you're a human, you're not a machine. So you your your force that apply onto your nibs can be not equal. Right. But when you do that, you're gonna sometimes some people will actually create a non-aligned feet or non-aligned nib. Um, which is going to be another problem I need to solve later on. So, what I found out is, at least from the pens I have experienced, the easiest way to solve the issue is just this one is solved like nib with a lot of issue. 
like a lot, a lot of line time and lemming issue. This only solved with a little bit. But in this case, what you want to do is um, a lot of the uh, fountain pen stores sells a uh, brass shims. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Goulet sells it. Uh, Goulet definitely sells it. Yeah, and I think Anderson pen sells it as well. Um, Venice pen sells it. I, I think they used to. Um, I just cut it apart, like maybe like divide cut to half and cut to half again, so you get four pieces. Um, you just need to shove three, uh, three to four shims into your nib to expand it. Okay, so so your end goal is to expand your the the time spacing of your nib a little bit without changing anything, right? So the best way to do it is, at least from my experience, is uh, align the time and the um, brass shim and just kind of insert the shim, the shim in between the two times, which you're going to see it inserted in like 90 degrees perpendicular angles. And you want to keep it 90 degrees so you don't screw up the time itself. I have done it too hastily, and I just kind of and screw up the nib. <laughs> so so right. this is this is this is a recommendation that's a little different from how it's being advertised on, say, the Goulet site, right? Because they're you they're advertising this as a a quote unquote floss to clean out your nib, which and works, which does. Yeah. But what you're saying is, um, if you want to increase the flow rate of your pen. Um, you're going to take, you know, two-ish brass sheets and stick it in between to use it to, yeah, to, to lightly stretch the tines apart. Right, to just very lightly stretch it. So two, uh, I would say three. Um, two to three, right? Because middle tend to stretch back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that I typically do three, and three is enough. Very extreme case, I have to do four. <laughs> okay. Okay, but most of the time, three brass sheets will do enough. Two typically doesn't do anything um on a typical number six nib um mm -hmm. by the way every most of these references are based on number five number six nib so if you use like a number two nib like the uh lami maybe one sheet or maybe, maybe two two brush maybe two probably sheets. enough yeah mm -hmm. um so for number six, start number five, low. If you're gonna try, start low. Start low. <laughs> start low and keep trying. I mean, the, the 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 thing. Okay, so the good thing about doing this is the fact that you can keep your pen inked through the entire process. You won't you make can do a this mess of your fingers on the pen, but you can do it on the pen as you're trying it. So instead, like, it's is of course progression test and true, right? Just keep going. Add on a little bit, add on a little bit. And uh, once you reach like four shims, you can sometimes just weigh it out. Don't pull it out immediately. Three or four, when you're at three or four, because metal has elasticity. If you just pull it immediately, it just kind of bounces back. But if you wait a little bit, sometimes the, 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 the metal structure will, will, will set a little bit better, longer. But once you do that, it should provide a slightly weather flow on your um, nib. Assuming all other conditions are correct, right? Like the nib other conditions is set, right. setting on your yeah. feed and everything else correct. is working fine. Right. If it doesn't, 
stop then don't force it <laughs> <laughs> because i think any more than four you're kind of expanding the uh you're kind of expanding the slit wider than the actual slit itself mm-hmm. so you are actually making the uh you're completely killing the capillary action of your nib right any i want anyone go in any further than four if it doesn't work at four just stop now, for time. people who are trying this, would you tell them to push the metal brass sheets all the way to the breather hole? Yeah, I would push. I would push the sheet all the way to the back, against the nib as far as you can, mm. against the feet, basically. So you, so you get, you get like a, um, you, you can work the entire time, assuming your time is not super. Touching each other at the uh, at the tip, and this is the best way I found like the the easiest and the quickest way to not screw up easily. I mean, of course, the quickest way is always just forcefully remove the, the remove your nib and just pull it apart. Yes, but it, it gives room for errors, quite a bit of errors actually. Right, because it's such a your nib is such a delicate instrument that it's really easy for, you know, for you you to apply way too much pressure on that nib to to bork it. Yeah. Um, so next thing is um... just uh, just I I want to leave a note here. Um, these are tips and tricks. The the ones Frank, the ones you just laid out are tips and tricks for you if you want to try to play around with. Uh, your ink flow if you're if you're experiencing pens your your work with your pens is a little not to your liking right but these are certainly not things that you need to do <laughs> ideally you don't ever have to do that yes i i say this because i <laughs> i don't do these things <laughs> i have okay. pens that work fine and they work well, and, and 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 these are not things that I usually try to fill with because it is again really easy for you to damage your pens, and pens are not cheap. Yes, I like I like I said, ideally you don't ever have to do this, but uh, in like I think this is a common issue most people with fountain pens is <laughs> sometimes even with very expensive brands, the quality control is still not there. Yes. And uh, it's either between you spending ten dollars shipping, thirty dollar, forty dollar to a uh, nib smith, or you can just go and mess around with your own nib and see what kind of, <laughs> see what see what happens to. It. I mean, <laughs> I I would I would say that like if you're gonna try to do this, so I've done this a couple times with my, or I, I've done a couple of these tricks. That not all of them, like the brass sheet, I've done with the. Uh, the pilot, the very thin pilot, and the name's not coming to me. Uh, Calavir? The ca- uh, Cavalier, yes, the pilot yeah, Cavalier. Yeah. Um, but it's a cheaper pen. Start, start low, start small. <laughs> cheaper pens, like, don't, don't go sticking your brass sheets in, into your Mont Blanc like immediately. Like, let's. If you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I, I want to just put. I just want to put this warning: like, don't go trying to mess up your pens just because you want to play with it. Like, take a step back first. <laughs> oh man, you, you just remind me of the uh, the big title. This is done by stunt doubles. Please <laughs> don't, do <laughs> don't do this Please at home. Don't do this. Please don't try this at home. 
I mean, I, I mean, do try this at home. Just <laughs> be aware yes. of the consequences. I I would argue that like if maybe if you, I don't know, I, maybe I don't want to say it, but like if you had a cup, if your pen wasn't writing as smoothly as you could, I would try with the less evasive tip first, which is if the ink is a little dry, add a little lubricant to it instead of trying to mess with your tines. I think that would be a little, that'd be a step next. Adjusting high is the last step. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, anything that has to do with your nib, tines, feed, anything, that is the last line of things to look for right. and to work on. Because as you, you said, can, there's a triangle, right? You have yeah. three things at play here. You have the paper, you have the ink, and then you have the pen. The paper is very easy to switch. You just get another sheet of paper. The ink is a little bit harder, but you can change it with a little bit more ease. The pen is final. If you break it, you're done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, you'll be a very expensive fix at a nib smith. Right. So, um... Definitely try paper and uh, ink adjustment first before you start yes. trying to mess with the nibs. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So next thing is a bulb syringe cleaning. Um, I kind of want to put this on here because I know everyone uses bulb syringe. Yes. It's. I mean, I, it's, it's been. Po I, I mean, Goulet has popularized it. Like a bunch of people have been talking about it. Yeah, yeah, is in case for anyone that doesn't know, you basically buy like a, a bulb syringe for sucking out the mucuses, uh, the baby's, I think, uh, baby's nostrils and stuff. Yes. To, to, yeah, you use those and it basically force water through the pan and the fee system. Um, I think it was also good that actually has, um, recommends a, uh, you cut the cartridge to half. Like an unused cartridge. Mm -hmm. If you use cut it to half, you can actually stick the bulb syringe to the end of that. So you have a sacrificial layer between your bulb syringe and your actual pen unit. Right. You ha kind of have a, a literal converter for your bulb syringe to the very back end of your uh, feed. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about breaking it because sometimes the bulb syringe actually does stuck on fairly hard mm -hmm. after you use it for a while. And I'm not sure this is a tip or this is a public service warning, but you hold if you're using a cartridge converter, like the the not cartridge, if you're a cartridge that cut to half as like a sacrificial layer, you hold all your nib and the cartridge in your hand. <laughs> are 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 you suggesting that like it's possible for your nib and feed to become a projectile? I'm not uh, suggesting. It happened before. <laughs> to someone like you? Yes. <laughs> to someone very impatient like I am. I, I Maybe I didn't insert it fully. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I did. So the tip and trick that you have is not to use a bulb syringe. The tip and trick that you have is to make sure you hold on to your nib and feed... So that when Wait. you use the bulb storage, you don't shoot it across the room. Yes, make sure everything's secure. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest. <laughs> like, I, I was looking at typical table triggers. I wait a second. I remember something bad happened to me doing this. So, 
this is going to be my favorite tip and trick. I I love this. <laughs> oh, you have no idea, man. You know which one I flew out while I was doing this? Which one? My Nakaya. Oh, F. <laughs> F. That's that's a scary part. Okay, it literally just flew out my hand, flesh. So I was like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, because like, I think um, Platin requires doing that trick because Platin has a weird setup on their um, on their cartridge and their their front mm-hmm. that a normal person just just doesn't fit. Yeah. I do the same thing with my Lamy because the Lamy doesn't quite fit with the bulb syringe as well. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, unless you want to see projectile pin parts, make sure everything's secure. And I, wonder how much, I wonder how much distance you can get with that. I I, I don't know. It, it hit the glass, I fell down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad... So no scratches and damages, right? Like, it's okay? No, no actual damages because it was, it was relatively low. When I did it. Okay. I was on the counter. Good. But I did flew out. I was like, "What the heck?" Good. I'm gl- I'm I'm glad that you didn't you didn't damage your pen. Yeah, it didn't really drop or anything, but it does. It did hit the the they hit the glass and it fell onto the counter. <laughs> Maybe like a foot down. Okay. Here's here's a question on that. Which one would you be more hurt over? Damaging the nib of your nakaya or damaging the grip? The grip section. Par- the grip section? The grip section. Because I know I can swap out the nib. Okay. Even though the nib costs more, I think, maybe. Um, I know I can swap out the nib, but it's really difficult for me to swap out the uh, grip section and have the same color matches. Right, because that because that's literally like an, an artist spent hours and hours on that. Yeah, yeah, it was created as part of the barrel, so um, I don't think... The color may match somewhat, but it wouldn't match perfectly because of yeah. different badge and different uh, different procedure. I was thinking the same thing too. Like for that specific pen, like damaging the grip section would be far worse than the nib. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, I, this is what five six number six. Yeah, six. So six is um someone mentioned it on Reddit. Uh, I'm just gonna borrow this one. Sorry, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, is when you're using the uh what's that thing called? Ink samples. Mm-hmm. Simple vials. When you fill from using from to to refill your pens, um you can use the three uh, and blue tack to like i know people use that to uh put posters on the walls and stuff but you can use one of those blue tag just stick it or even like kids clay okay just just stick something or like sticky. clay-doh or something yeah clay-doh onto your table and just stick the vial in there this will prevent accidentally knock out the knock sideways and stuff a lot so you wouldn't have to clean up your own mess afterwards okay frank did you also do this I cannot confirm or deny that allegation. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I, I, I figured. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, another accident, yeah. another accident protection tip. Yes, yeah, this, is a, tip. Tip. this yeah. is a good tip. This is a good tip. 
because I mean that's the that's the biggest danger of filling your pen, right? Knocking over anything, but knocking over an ink and spilling it over your carpet and floor and like staining everything forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the worst things to happen, especially if we have pigment ink. Mm, that's never gonna wash out. <laughs> yeah, or permanent ink. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Um. Right, and lastly, I guess this especially uh, especially true during COVID times. Right after you use rubbing alcohol. Keep your hands away from your pad. Why is this? Because rubbing alcohol does uh, sometimes they do have well, of course, rubbing alcohol is seventy percent isopropyl alcohol most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to use, uh, if you want to be fancy, I guess you can use the uh, ethanol and the be a little bit less harsh on your hand, but. Uh, Oh, I see. Oh, sorry. I, I, I think I read this wrong because I, I would never use rubbing alcohol on my pen. And so I, I read this as like, why would I ever use rubbing alcohol on my pens? Yeah. So, well, the title reads, stay away from your pen after using rubbing alcohol. Right. So it's, you know, when you hand sanitize nowadays, maybe wait a little bit before using your fountain pen in case the alcohol starts doing something to your yeah pens. because like your hand still has alcohol on them right and mm -hmm. uh, the the alcohol some some pen parts are still secure using alcohol soluble um adhesives so maybe one or twice doesn't really doesn't really matter but over time over time you'll probably weaken it single um plastic some plastic is also not very well against alcohol overall so just over time you'll probably do some strain on your pin parts so i would say wait a while a sec a couple of like minute or two before you start using a front pen after you use your hand sanitizers i'm pretty sure you can especially don't wipe down your pen using hand sanitizer <laughs> Right. I did but that. I... Wait, what? Oh, I didn't tell you? What did you do? The very, very beginning of COVID. So I'm going to my desk and grab my uh crispy eco. Uh-huh. So he played around with it without asking any permissions and uh, gave it back to me. Um I wasn't really too happy, but whatever, right? So I just decided to uh, wipe down my pan with alcohol. Yeah, this COVID just started, so everyone's really, really careful on everything. Um, I wiped down the pan, and that is fine. Until a couple hours later, I tried to open up the pan and realized I can't. Because you, because the alcohol wipe that that was used just melted all of the uh, the glue. Apparently, Twisty uh, Twisty uh, Twisty Eco uses um, it has a glue around the the uh, metallic finial. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it happened, but the the glue. The amount of alcohol I used was able to dissolve that glue around the uh, metallic band. 
it kind of just welled. They dissolved the glue, the glue seeped everywhere, and they just kind of glue shut the cap to the pen. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like this this alcohol thing had to have come from an experience that you that you've dealt with. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> Twist the ego. I'm guessing you just tossed the pen, or did you use more no, rubbing I alcohol to use melt it. the? the... I, I use more rubbing alcohol. <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Melt it. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I use more. <laughs> I, I use more alcohol to melt it. Um, I opened it eventually, mm-hmm. but now I have like really ugly like. Like adhesive scar and uh, the and alcohol like wiping scars on the body of that crispy eco. <laughs> but I mean, of course, it's okay. That pen's my beater pen anyway. But right. That being said, like this is this is a problem if you have a pen kind of like a Twisby eco, right? But if you have like a pen like a Keras Custom that's like all aluminum, you're probably fine. You're probably fine. However, if you use a pen case with your pen, this is this is more of a a, a note of just like after you've used rubbing alcohol, th- plastic things you touch may not react. Not uh, even just plastic, uh, leather too. Oh yeah, I mean leather is a any leather products. Um, sometimes a lot of times their dyes and their pigment are <laughs> alcohol soluble. Mm-hmm. This was a this this was actually a similar warning. Um, there was a similar warning made to photographers uh, that you know after you go to the beach, after you put sunscreen on your hands, the chemicals on your sunscreen could potentially damage or corrode the camera that you may be using. Really? Yeah. Depending on the chemical that's being used in the sunscreen, I wonder if that would also apply to fountain pens. But I don't think so. I don't think there's enough of the whatever chemical that could be in sunscreen that could damage it. Although, is it, di- does it damage the camera grip section? I will yeah, imagine yeah. that's like it, the main you're, thing cor- you're corroding the, the, the grip, the grippiness the of it. Part. Yeah, the rubber grip, yeah. Yeah, the rubberized part for anything is like, it's like the weakest link on any modern electrical equipment. Yeah, because after you leave it, like whenever you go and visit your old electronics store, right, that kind of stuff degrades really quickly. Yeah, and... Yeah, I, I I don't. You can clean up using goo guns, I believe. Goo gun. Yeah, goo gun. For G-O-O for space geo. Yeah. But of course, you remove that entire grip <laughs> layer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just add grip tape on top afterwards. You'll look super tacky and ugly, but. But but it's just a a a, a warning of like whatever chemical you put on your hand that may still be there when you start touching valuable. Anything things that, like fountain that, pens, that, anything cameras. that evaporates, I would say. <laughs> anything that evaporates really fast on your hand, which is probably what the sunscreen has, is uh, aerosol, maybe mm-hmm. alcohol in it. Yeah. yeah. Keep it away from your stuff. <laughs> keep your hands away from your stuff. Yeah. I never thought about that. I, I've never thought about, about what potentially could happen if i used a hand sanitizer and then start t- touching my you know like like uh let's see yeah i mean look if i use that on my um say vanishing point mm-hmm. i think it will survive just fine yeah. yes like but i mean the pain that you're just holding is probably gonna be okay that doesn't look like any, any adhesive is used yeah 
I mean, the Edison Nouveau has a has the the tip of a cap that looks like it's glued on. I'm not sure if it's screwed on. It might just be glued on. Oh, I mean, maybe. On. Oh yeah. I'm not about to put alcohol on this to find out, but I'm just like. <laughs> I mean, alcohol can make metal rust too, but you need yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, you need a lot of it. Well, because uh, it's a. It will remove any of the natural um, kind of like anti-corrosive film that is on anything. So, yeah, that was a stupid thing that I did. <laughs> I have a I have a rubbing alcohol stupidity story too. Oh, what, what did you do? <laughs> well, so I was trying to get. I had some left. I mean, maybe that you have a tip for me, but I have some ink that uh, seeped into the acrylic plastic of this cap um, along the threads. So there's okay. some blue along the threads here, and I was trying is to get it off. Is that the No, this is the uh, this is a Franklin Kristoff. Okay. So there's some ink that got trapped in the um into the uh the part oh, of the cap, right? Oh, I see, I see, I see it. You see it? Yeah. You see it? Yeah. Kind of. It's a little bit difficult. It's not focused down. It's focused on your. Oh face. yeah. So I mean, like I have a manual focus uh, yeah, that camera. So, anyways, yeah, but. So I, I started using, you know, I started using uh, dish soap to try to clean it out. It wasn't coming out. It wasn't coming out. I was like, okay, F it. I'm just going to try rubbing alcohol. <laughs> um, it didn't work. Number one, it did not work. So your mileage may vary on using rubbing alcohol to try to clean out uh, stuck color on your on your pens. I think but the what only one I recommend is if I base stay blue. <laughs> The other problem that happened was that it also like removed the coating on the inside so it looks really dried out. <laughs> oh. And the metal clip started to rust. <laughs> Don't you use rubbing alcohol in your pens. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean <laughs> the best <laughs> the best I could do for you is maybe recoat your pen. <laughs> No, I mean it, it's fine. It's fine. I I might just have to get another one of these whenever they go back in stock. Yeah, I mean I have uh, I have a spray gun, so I can perhaps help you recode it. If you just but it's send okay. The, send the rust down with it really really fine. Well, yeah, I mean, reminder it's not, it's, of your stupidity. Yeah, it's 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 not rusted in a way that it's only rusted on the screw that holds the clip down. So it okay. nothing okay. on the and nothing externally has rusted. It's just on the inside. Okay. Okay, that's fine then. But still, I rusted. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you could ask me how often I use this pen and I would say I haven't used it very much. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, t I, I guess that's a that's a potential last tip. Don't use rubbing yeah. alcohol on your pens. <laughs> uh, Service boy. warning. Service warning. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that sums up to our uh, tips and tricks that we want to cover for this episode. I'm sure we can come up with a couple more for future episodes. Yeah, yeah. There's, mean, a, there's a lot of like little things that we probably do that we don't know yeah, is necessarily things that a tip we or trick. Kind of just got used to or just never pay attention to. If I bring it, if I see it come across it or just remember to do it, I'll bring it up into our next ones. And uh, well, um, I guess it's uh, time to bring this up again. Um, 
We our website can be found at fountainpenandstationery.com because we have one of our reviews、uh, telling us me, which is a good idea. We should probably notify everyone where our website is.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fountainpenandstationery.com will link to our blog and.、Uh, If you want to contact us, feel free to email fountainpenstationery dot com. No and fountainpenstationery dot com. No fountainpenstationery at gmail dot com. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So that's the best way to reach us.、Um, all of our pen notes will be provided in the podcast note itself. With the products or the、uh, stuff that we talk about as much as possible, so in this case, I mean, on this episode, there's not too many to cover. I mean, brass shim,、uh, the photo floor. That's pretty much it. So, ceramic balls. Ceramic balls. Yeah, I'll include that. I'll make sure to include that because that's kind of hard to find. If you know, you I'm just gonna say like ceramic、yeah. balls and lubricant. That's a little, but. <laughs> All right, cause. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, also, our blog is、uh, all open for comments now. So if you want to leave any feedback, you can either email us or、uh, leave a comment on the blog. So that's pretty much it for today's episodes. And thank you very much for watching, or reading, or listening. Oh my God, what am I saying? Listening. listening. <laughs> all right. I'll see you next time, Collins. All right. I'll see you too. All right. Goodbye. Bye.